Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind by dialing in toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you'll find that all the features that are there are completely free. There's no logging in or membership fees. Uh, well, I guess there there is logging in, but uh, but you don't have to log in. You can have an account, but it, if you sign up for an account, it's free, so it's no big deal. Anyway, everything there, we give it away, so uh, enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Uh, joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. All right, so we're going to start things out here. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything uh, outside of that, we'll bring stuff up that you might find interesting, like the G20 situation. We actually haven't really talked much about it. We talked to uh, Brooke Kelly from uh, the Freedom Ride. I think it was last week. Yeah, we were at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We put her. She came on the show and told us that she was going to go up there. And of course, it's it's all over at this point. Uh, but it's kind of interesting to uh, to take a look at what happened and uh, to, to assess the the police state activities going on there and. Look at it from a uh, you know from the perspective of uh, well our perspective which is a little bit a uh, little bit different and of course as usual when these big gatherings of uh, leaders so called which I hate that term self appointed yeah they, they aren't my leaders I want nothing to do with them and I'd I'd be surprised if anybody considers them their leaders but these people that are in charge of the violent monopolies around the world the government people. Uh, getting together and chatting about whatever it is that they talk about. Apparently, they were get- talking about the uh, economy or the world economic situation this year. And the news from the CBC shows that uh, Toronto really cranked up the police state in preparation for uh, for the G20 summit. They have the police were given new powers. Mm-hmm. And you know they love it when they get new powers. They love it. Well, they get new tools. They call them tools. Yep. Yeah. Well, they also there's also another story about how they bought four of the sound guns, little uh, parabolic dishes that they put up on top of Humvees and things like that. And they mm-hmm. shoot at people uh, to make them experience pain, but supposedly not hurt them uh, permanently. Uh, I, I don't know if they've been studied for that long, but nonetheless, no. so they bought all that equipment and also uh, they created a uh, new powers that took effect last Monday. And apply along a, a border, or applied rather along the border of the G20 security fence that allows them to within five meters, I believe, of the uh, yeah five meters of the security area, uh, they are obliged to give police their name and state the purpose of their visit upon request. So kind of sounds sort of like the uh, the Arizona law where uh, people are now being you must forced, answer the questions yeah where where you can be stopped any old time uh, it's not quite as bad as the arizona logs this is only five meters uh within the security area five meters from the security area but uh, arizona is the entire state nonetheless uh anyone who fails to provide provide identification or explain why they're near the security area can be searched and arrested in addition uh to that there's a story out of uh, prisonplanet.com and it's just kind of give you an example that uh, Toronto or or Canada is not necessarily that far behind the United States in in their police state. The cops there, I think, are are definitely a, a little bit better from the observations I've made and from the people we've talked to over the years. But there's still a there's still a government there. There's still people that are willing to aggress against you, and uh, clearly they're willing to be as police statish as they uh, possibly can, given the right opportunity. PrisonPlanet.com reporting on the undercover agents. This is also something that's becoming you know, easier to spot now that we've got YouTube uh, videos and we've got people with video cameras and, and uh, still cameras everywhere as there were at the, the G20. 
And the allegation is that uh, there were some provocateurs amongst the anar- so-called anarchists that were out there. And this is always mm-hmm. an interest. I, th- I always find it a particularly interesting allegation. Uh, and my the- question is, where do these anarchists come from? The ones that show up for the G20, I, I, you know, they, they fly in. Where do they come and they're from? Dressed, they're all dressed in black. And I, I read the account of it, too, and they said, well, this group of anarchists clad in black broke off from the peaceful protesters and started becoming violent as if mm-hmm. they were part of the peaceful protesters. And, of course, that gives the police the excuse later on to uh, start batting the, uh, the peaceful people around. Yep, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, th- there's a, a photo that has been published of a couple of so-called anarchists setting fire to a Toronto police car during the anti-G20 protests this past weekend, showing one of the uh, so-called anarchists wearing Nike clothing, which is a potential indication that provocateurs dressed up as black bloc anarchists were again employed by authorities to cause mayhem in order to justify a brutal police crackdown and crush Mm -hmm. free speech as peaceful protesters were attacked and arrested while the anarchists who torched the cars were left alone. Yep. Now, on one hand, you have to say to yourself, well, come on, really? I mean, would would the police department sacrifice one of its own cars for the purpose of aiding its agent provocateur program. I mean, we know that in the past there have been agents provocateur amongst crowds. There have been some really great videos out yeah. there that show some guys looking a lot like cops dressed up as anarch- so-called anarchists. Well, the, the, the best one is when they've got that – there's this little uh, – there's this photo where essentially the – They've got the the anarchists down on the ground, and the police that are holding them are wearing the exact same the boots. boots. <laughs> I mean, they've got the same label on the bottom. It's just clear and obvious, and yeah. uh, you know, it's that's that's the, the the most fun one. And that was in Canada too. And back during the Vietnam War, it's come out now that actually they they think that some FBI trained provocateurs were the ones who provoked that whole uh, Kent State shooting. Yeah, really? so, you know, but years later. Yeah. The picture uh, shows the culprits who set fire to the police car congratulating each other and looking remarkably relaxed about potentially being caught by police considering what they had just done. One of the men is wearing Nike pants. The distinctive logo of the company can be seen above his left pocket. And the question that the Prison Planet is asking is why would a hardcore anarchist so dedicated to his cause that he's willing to torch a police car be wearing clothing made by a company that, and this is a silly statement, anarchists universally abhor well, I think that's again. I think that's a little speculative. I think this is a little speculative. It's interesting uh, because, well, first of all, these people, I don't consider them real anarchists. Most of the people out there calling themselves anarchists are really uh, socialists, masquerading yes. as as yeah. anarchists. And there ha- there have been some reports that some of these people are actually funded by some of these socialist and communist groups. The uh, black bloc, yes, anarchists. Yep, uh, they're chaosists. They're not anarchists, right? So. Anarchy meaning lack of rule, lack of uh, government. Uh, these lack people, of a state. Yeah, yeah, these people in many cases would be fine with their state being in control. They just don't like the existing state. And so the idea that, well, just because one of them is wearing Nike track pants uh, means that it's they're pushing not it. anarchists. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's a fair thing to say that if you're that hardcore, why are you dressing in Nike clothing if you're all anti-corporate and this and that? And that's kind of the perspective that these guys are, are coming from. Yeah, these are the like, kinds of guys that are going to cover up the, you know, the Sony on a video camera to make, you know, just to, to cleanse it of its corporation. I'll bet uh, being an anarchist, uh, you're being protected. It's probably a pretty good living. You probably get paid pretty well. You People mean dress in black? You and mean pretend- if you're working for the cops? Yeah, yeah. It's probably a nice paycheck. Well, uh, it does. I, I could really go either way on the on the pants. You, you know, I mean, it, it could be like these are the only black pants I had handy, or. 
Am I allowed to bring rotten eggs? The weird. authorities <laughs> wasted no time in responding to the mayhem the anarchists helpfully generated for them with brute force. And this is really the relevant portion of the story. After the anarchists torched four police cars, reporters and other peaceful protesters were targeted with rubber bullets, with another Guardian journalist being repeatedly punched and elbowed by the cops. And we've seen this a lot, where the police will, on video, rough up journalists, destroy their cameras, things like that. The newspaper photographer was shot with a plastic bullet in the backside, while another had an officer point a gun in his face, despite identifying himself as a member of the media, according to the Canadian press. Journalist Steve Pakin of public broadcaster TV Ontario described the brutal beating of the Guardian reporter. He said, As I was escorted away from the demonstration, I saw two officers hold the journalist. The journalist identified himself as working for the Guardian. He talked too much and pissed the police off. Two officers held him, a th- held him. A third punched him in the stomach. Totally unnecessary. The man Brutal. collapsed. Then the third officer drove his elbow into the man's back. No cameras recorded this assault, and it was an assault. Pikin noted how the middle-class, peaceful demonstrators were being attacked and arrested by police, while anarchists who provided them with the pretext to do so, well, so-called anarchists, were nowhere to be seen. Police just started arresting people. I stress this was a peaceful, middle-class, diverse crowd. No anarchists, literally more than 100 officers with guns pointing at the crowd, rubber bullets and smoke bombs ready to be fired, rubber bullets fired. I've lived in Toronto for 32 years and have never seen a day like this. Shame on the vandals and shame on those that ordered peaceful protesters attacked and arrested. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there. They're completely free, including listening options. We've got our broadband and dial-up versions of the show available around the clock. Also available 24-7 is our listen lines, or are our listen lines, uh, which are available to you via any phone that can dial long distance. You can just call in and listen over your phone. Also, our webcam is available, too. It's all there at listen.freetalklive.com. Go get all the details. Get tuned in. Listen.freetalklive.com. And uh, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, I did. It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go to your phone calls, coming up, uh, just a really disturbing story about immigration and, and uh, what one town in Nebraska has, has decided to do about it. We'll uh, get to that here in a little bit. First, your calls. We go first to Jose in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jose. Hey, hey guys. How are you? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Not much. First of all, I wanted to thank you for all the great work that you do, guys. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to comment about the debate. Mm-hmm. Last Friday's debate? Yeah, it was a debate about atheism and agnosticism between Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio and our very own Johnson. 
Yes, uh, I was, it, it was kind of frustrating. I, when, I, when I was listening to it, it was like they were discussing the, the wrong thing, right? Like it was like a false dichotomy, like what's better, Republicans or Democrats kind of thing. I don't, I don't get it. What do you mean? Uh, well, I think that the, the, the definitions of what, what they were trying to define as God, right, are, are very too constrained, uh, too restrictive. Uh, and and then the assumptions that that Stefan were, were taking to me are completely false. For example, the idea that consciousness is the product of matter. I, I no, think I he, did he take the, him, I did take him to task on that point. Did you listen to the full debate? Uh, yes, yes, but he I think he, he I think he didn't get the the, the, the question. I don't know. Well I, because, well, I took him to task on both of the things that you brought up. I didn't speak too much during this debate because it was originally intended to be between the two of them. And I, but, I, but the two things you bring up, I did address during that debate, one uh, being that, uh, that their definition of God was different from what mine would be. I remember and, that. And we I talked about that. that. Uh, so, so certainly their debate was framed within the paradigm of kind of the, you know, the monotheistic daddy God uh, in the sky, that kind of thing, right. uh, which would not fit my understanding of God as uh, all that is or all that uh, is and isn't as, as a pantheist, panatheist as myself would uh, would believe. So mm-hmm. so I made that pretty clear and you know Steph had a, had a couple of questions that he asked me. It came up toward the end of a segment and so we didn't really get we didn't really delve too far into that because we wanted to open it up to the questions from the audience and and again like I said it was between the two of them and you're right it it certainly was framed in a certain uh, certain manner. It wasn't about all of the potential types of god. It was just about more of the the more popular monotheistic gods out there. Right. And I think his his assumption, right? The the, the idea that matter that the consciousness is the product of matter i think that's where he fails yeah it is an assumption and uh, and and i i brought that up too if i'm not mistaken and you know, yeah. were you listening because live you, you, you think about in. it right as as an empiricist the only thing that you know with certainty that you, is undeniable is consciousness yeah that's about it yeah that's an interesting point uh because if you were to uh you can't prove anything else you you can't prove uh, that uh, anything else exists exactly and and then the other cases where you have consciousness as a primordial thing is dreams because sometimes you're fooled by your dreams you think you're 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 awake and that reality is your dream right mm-hmm. and there's solid things there and then when you wake up you realize that there were just dreams right so so matter is the creation of consciousness Yes, that, well, that's certainly uh, certainly possible that that that, uh, that all there is is consciousness, and then everything else was generated from it. Um, but I, yeah, I, I brought that up, and uh, and I said that that's kind of a he's jumping to a conclusion there, believing that consciousness exists because of your brain. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I asked why well, I asked the question is well, what do we really know about consciousness? I asked that question on the show, and there's not really much that we do know about consciousness, is there? Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go ahead. So, guys, thank you so much for everything. One last thing. I, I think the refutable uh, proof that they were no anarchists in, in Canada was that all of them were in Porkfest. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Wayne, uh, I don't know if you, you caught any of the debate on Friday, but uh, I mean, your thoughts on consciousness? You know what? I don't know. All I know is consciousness from my own experience. Uh, you know, they do say they've done some tests and they've done experiments with with what they call the um, uh, what do they call it the uh, the information field or the information uh, yeah I guess it's called the information field where 
they, psychics, for example, people claim to be psychic who are accurate. People who do remote viewing, for example, they want to find out why, what's happening there. Are they sound waves? Are they, are they, uh, what type of waves are they? And they've even done experiments with these people in submarines underwater and find out they can still do the same thing. So in the universe, there seems to be... I don't believe it. I don't, I don't believe that. I'm not saying I don't believe that people no. could, you know, have uh, extra sensory things like that. Mm-hmm. But if those people are out there and there's been some sort of level of proof above and beyond random chance, then they should, uh, they should go to James Randi and collect a million dollars. Well, again, the word psychic is kind of woo-woo. I think that I think human beings are capable of more than they realize. I think human. I believe be- that's I think true. human beings are dumbed down in many ways. They don't really understand the magnificence of their existence here. And I think that we have more powers than we realize. That I will absolutely agree with you on. I just whenever I hear those claims, I, I immediately become skeptical. The idea that somebody will be able to predict uh, b- beyond random what uh, the next card to be drawn from a deck would be would be a real firm example of someone having psychic ability. And in that case, then they should be able to, uh, if they're tested under some sort of scientific circumstances, that should be made well known, and it would it would really prove something significant. Well, I I'd like to. Yes, I, I I would like to see the scientific tests. However, at the same time, I would say that the people from the James Randi Foundation have no interest in actually scientifically testing somebody to see if they have powers. What they have an interest in is protecting their million dollars and to be skeptics. That's what their interest is. And, and, and that's so, fine. I mean, I'm, but, you know, I, I don't think that, that people who, who are psychic or, or let's say they have extra extrasensory perception – I don't think they're going to be able to do it will. I think that what happens is things come in, you, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have a vision or you have a dream about something. There's, I just don't think you just, you're psychic at will where you can, we can do those things. You have to be pretty talented. I just don't believe that exists. But I believe it, I believe it comes in uh, spontaneously without you asking for it or without you knowing what it is at first in many cases. So, for example, I've had dreams when I was a kid that ended up coming true when I was an adult that I remember very clearly. Yeah, those are certainly very strange uh, yeah, it's things. Weird stuff. So what is time and what is consciousness? You know, everybody has their own unique talents in that way. Everybody has their own little t- antennas tuned in to a different frequency. But we don't know. We don't know if the great spirit, if we're just little hairs on the end of the fingers of the great spirit. Who knows? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't profess to know. All no. I know is I'm enjoying being here right now. There you go. I agree with that. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on existence, consciousness, God, if you want. You're certainly welcome if you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us here on the air. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com. There's more coming up. Take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. Anything by dialing in toll free at 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free. We've got archives and they go back all the way to uh, late 2006. So years worth of Free Talk Live available for you. 
at freetalklive.com. And it's all free. You don't have to log in or anything like that. Uh, you just click. Now, the, the last week are right there at the top of the page. And then if you click into the archives, uh, then it'll take you way back. All for free. Freetalklive.com. Now then, you would, do you want to play uh, higher prices for goods and services? No. Who wants to do that? Right. Well, you do every time somebody doesn't pay for theirs. Uh, that's one of the many compelling reasons SACL CAI has been at the cornerstone of collections for more than 35 years. Before you pay higher prices, think whether the business, be it a bank, hospital, retail store, or utility, could use some help with their collections to contain costs so they're not passed on to you, the paying customer. Tell them to call the dedicated collections es- uh, experts at SACL CAI for a no-cost, no-obligation proposal. SACL CAI. See their banner right at the top of the banner column at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your calls and then a very disturbing story out of Nebraska in regards to immigration, first we go to Ted in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ted, on the amp lines. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Ted, what's hey. on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, you guys have fun at Dork Fest? <laughs> Absolutely. Dork Fest was awesome. Hey, uh, you know when uh, Ron Paul was running, what was the one thing they kept trying to pin hit on him? He wanted to legalize drugs? No, he was a bigot. What's that? He was a bigot? Yep, the bigot thing. Now, who, who is always the one that brings up the bigot thing and tries to pull that on stuff? Well, I, it's not just Ron Paul. It's pretty much any libertarian candidate that runs anywhere. Yeah, anytime, anytime a libertarian's mentioned, the first thing they want to do is they want to say that uh, you hate black people. Or you ought to be ashamed. <laughs> what? I didn't even say anything about black people. That's how they. they who know. brings that up? Is it, is it usually the Republicans or is it usually Democrats? Democrats uh, race bait. Yep. Both. All right. Now, the senator uh, Robert Byrd. Longest-running senator in U.S. history and all that. Mm-hmm. And where was he from? West Virginia? West Virginia. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Recently died. He died two days ago, I think. Isn't it nice when that a, happens? Oh, God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. The Ewoks were dancing when that happened, I tell you. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not saying I wish you know, death on anyone. I'm just saying it's nice when the, uh, the old guard dies off. I mean, old bigots and... We don't, we don't have to pay him a pension now. Sicko. Maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't take that back too soon here, buddy. Uh, he was, uh, back in the 30s and 40s, he was the rank of exalted Cyclops. <laughs> That's right. In the Q Klux Klan. Yep. Oh, boy. Cyclops. And he was the longest running Democrat senator for yep. all these years. And they never called him a racist once that I can think of. Well, not in our lifetimes. You know, they, these the, the Democrats put it behind them. I, I think it was uh, the other one was Strom Thurmond. Um, yep. And, and uh, did he go from Democrat to Republican? And he was uh, a bigot too. I don't know. But you know, there was, I don't know. But he died too while he was in, in office. Yeah, that, this thing sort of changed in the '80s with the Reagan Revolution. Uh, the Republicans managed to get the uh, the sort of conservative, bigoted uh, Dem- Democrats uh, over to their side, and it, so it changed the whole map. The warmongers. Yeah, if you'll t- that too. If you'll take a look at uh, sort of electoral college maps um you can get them on wikipedia and the the whole country really just did an about face um it's it's very interesting so what did you call to uh out him as a a, a, for, a, a former bigot or what was the point I, yeah i kind of just wanted to bring up the thing where everybody's always picking on like the libertarian types yeah. calling them racist with no real proof but they and ignore this guy solid evidence well, like pictures of this cat and his 
funny hat. Well, people change. I mean, you, yeah, not everybody who is a racist uh, in their 20s is going to necessarily be a racist in their 60s. But I would like to point out that um, that I think that you know saying that a group of people um, based largely on their race should receive uh, you know different treatment than another group of people based on their race. Um, I think that's bigoted, and and that is something that is you know it's a good part of the progressive democratic platform and and mm-hmm. people i find that are so obsessed with race are usually the racist themselves they're just in denial maybe about it but why even think about race why even talk about it let's just relate to each other as human beings who cares no i, I agree with you that's, there. The, way, that's I, the way i feel about sure, it sure sure and, and i agree with you wayne but i i just and i'm not the i'm not somebody who comes to the, the aid and defense of politicians but I mean, come on. Let's let's give somebody credit for the their ability to possibly change. I mean, the or, guy may not have been a racist anymore. Well, may, come on. But I just don't so, trust uh, politicians on this one. Yes. A politician changes when it's convenient for them to change. That's right. What's more likely? I'm not saying that this is what happened, Ian. I'm just saying what's more likely that Robert Byrd dropped his uh, racist bigotry because it was convenient for his political career, or because he right. actually had a heartfelt change. The, the former. These people is, are sociopaths. In some you know ca- they're lying because right. their lips are moving. In some <laughs> cases, that could be true, Ian, but I think more cases than you you probably would realize, they're, they're, all they've done is just not stop talking in a racist manner in public. Well, but, I, I, you guys are yeah. probably right. I mean, he may of, never have been a racist from the beginning and was only being a racist because it was politically expedient. Maybe but that too. That's I don't the know. kind of sociopath these people are. Yeah. They'll get. They'll find the parade and they'll get in front of it. If it's a bigoted parade, we're in front of it. If it's a, an equality parade, we're in front of it. Whatever. That's what they do. Amen, Mark. And that's why they shouldn't be in charge. Well, you know, anything. I. Uh, yeah, I think except you guys, their own chicken coop. I think you guys are probably right. Uh, there was a story that I found, and I wish I could remember. Maybe it's Johnny. I think Johnny Lee Clary is his name. There's a former Grand Wizard uh, in the KKK who did actually change and has, uh, you know, joined the side of good and <laughs> appreciates people for being human beings now. And uh, and he's got an amazing story. I'll see if I can pull up uh, kind of a summary of what happened to this uh, with this guy. Because when I saw it, it was really... I can't believe that Ian's actually in the position where he's, where he's defending politicians. <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking... No, 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 no. No, I know. No, not no, this not, guy, but I mean just in general, this right, conversation. No, I wasn't defending the politician. I was just suggesting that maybe somebody could change. I mean, that, that's a possibility, right? Yes, it is. Uh, even a black-hearted, evil politician. There is that possibility. Well, if you're still a politician, you're, you're still black-hearted. Ted, say again. You're defending the man, not the rank. Well, I'm not defending anybody. I'm just suggesting that maybe somebody could be different from how they were when they were 20 years old. I don't know how old he was when he was uh, the the Grand Dragon or Cyclops or whatever the hell Mm -hmm. uh, title it was. We're all different now than when we were 20. Even you, Ian. Yeah. Yeah. He was still supporting them in the 50s and 60s. Hey, thanks, Ted, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-259. 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, so, yeah, I'll see if I can uh, if I can pull that up. Johnny Lee Clary understands the natural tendency for doubt that some people bring to his claim of a conversion from hatred for all humans not white to absolute love for all humanity. Red, yellow, black, and white demanded in the doctrine of Christianity. Given the podium for a few minutes, Clary passed the past grand imperial wizard of the white knights of the Ku Klux Klan will chip away at the doubts of even the most skeptical listener. He casts out fear, not with tedious theological assertions. 
His explanation for a life that has swung from the polar extremes of behavior are practical enough to sustain a decade-long career as a Christian motivational speaker. Clary said during an interview at the, uh, the Bulletin, I was taught racism as a child. I remember the first black person that I ever saw. I was five with my dad going into a grocery store, and he, the black man, was coming out. I said, look, there's a chocolate-covered man. And dad said, no, that's no chocolate-covered man. That's a N-word. N-word, right. The observation was followed by a brief tirade of racism and bigotry that sowed even, uh, sowed even the first seeds, or sowed the first seeds, rather, in the young mind that grew and blossomed into a full-grown hate, but not without some nurturing. His grandfather was more vocal racist than even his father. At 11 years old, Clary would witness his father's suicide. He witnessed and confronted his mother's alcoholism and infidelity to his father. When his father died, she immediately sent him to live with a sister in East Los Angeles. Clary said, I didn't have the love a boy should have for his mom. At 12 and 13 years old, young Clary learned brutality, racial division, and hate on the streets of L.A. Street gangs were divided among race and ethnic lines, and Clary grew to despise nearly all non-whites. I'll tell a little bit more of this guy's story, because I, I found it amazing. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and all the features there we give away. So enjoy those. Again, that's freetalklive.com. I was just kind of talking about, I think it was, yeah, it was Ted in uh, West Virginia who had called in a moment ago to bring up this Robert Byrd character, one of the uh, politicians who has been a long time, lifelong uh, politician. And early on in his life, he was involved in the KKK, one of the, what was it, Grand Cyclops or something, something like that? Something like that. Whatever the hell that is. So anyway. like one big eye on his forehead. Apparently, it, very strange. Uh, anyway, so so yeah, and, and I suggested there was a chance that he could have changed. You know that maybe he wasn't today the racist that uh, that he once was. And I well, don't. You know. actually said a man can change, wouldn't you? Say that. I mean, or something yeah. like that. That was the point. I I a don't know if that's actually change. what you say. But the, the suggestion was this guy could have changed. A, a man could change. However, I, I I'm much more likely to give uh, uh you know. The, the benefit of the doubt to somebody who doesn't stand to benefit greatly by their change. I, I think you're right about that, and I think that a better story... Look, I'm not saying I know he's changed no, no, or that I, I think he's changed, but I'm just saying he could. I, I totally agree with the sentiment. Yeah, right. It could have been that Robert Byrd had a heartfelt change from his evil, bigoted ways. However, but he's still I think that it's likely that Robert Byrd became went into the Ku Klux Klan um, and and you know got his bigoted ideas mostly because it was politically expedient, mm. and I think he d- he dropped them when it became politically, politically expedient. 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 I, I think, think that Robert right. Byrd is mostly a sociopath yes. with um, you know with you know maybe he has some feelings one way or the other, and I suspect if he had some feelings um, that they would probably go towards the bigoted end yeah. just because that's how I think about politicians. I think you are right. I think, I think the think- sickest. 
most disgusting part of this is that the people of West Virginia continued, the majority of them thought, continued, continued over, to elect him. The, the, the people that, that voted continued to elect this guy. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree with absolutely everything you say, and that's why I wanted to bring up the story of Johnny Lee Clary. Now, have the, the two of you ever heard this guy's uh, story before? No, I've never heard this before. I've heard of him, but I haven't heard his story. It's an incredible story, and one night when I found this guy, I was on just surfing around on uh, YouTube and around the internet, and I found this guy's story. I was absolutely transfixed by it because it was so persuasive. I went and I looked up as much as I could about him, and it's just an amazing story. Anyway, he... he uh, Got involved. His his dad and his grandfather were very uh, racist people, uh, so that's where he picked up his racism. And then he moved into L.A. when he was twelve, uh, twelve or thirteen, uh, where th- his racism became even more burned into him. Uh, he said he found a salve for the uh, the feelings of loss, betrayal, and failure in the Ku Klux Klan organization headed by David Duke. Uh, he said, excuse me, he said he was alone. Uh, failing in school and living with a sister that he believed was interested in him for no other reason than the U.S. war veteran survivor check that he was receiving each month. And so in order to get away from all of his personal problems, he uh, retreated into the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, And David Duke at the time was a Klan leader in the national spotlight, making appearances on L.A. television stations. One of those broadcasts contained a phone number to contact Duke. Clary did, and soon was corresponding by mail. Then, a KKK recruiter appeared at the door asking to interview young Clary for his opinion on the races and racism. Clary said that no one had ever asked for my opinion about anything. He soon was steeped in KKK doctrine of white supremacy, challenging teachers at school regarding the accuracy of history and the Nazi Holocaust against Jews in World War II and fomenting hate toward his black classmates in L.A. He returned then to Oklahoma, where he found a family with the KKK near McAllister and quickly rose through the ranks as a recruiter and on to the level of Grand Imperial Wizard. Clary said his conversion began slowly with an appearance on a radio talk show hosted by Coma Radio in Oklahoma City. Appearing on the show with Clary was a local black pastor, the late Reverend Wade Watts, who would engage Clary. Oh, I remember this guy's name. Do you? Yeah. So you've heard the story then, perhaps? I, I maybe, maybe from written from the other side. It's an incredible story. Who would engage Clary in ways he wasn't prepared for. Kind of in the same way that we're uh, the activists up here are engaging the government people in ways they aren't prepared for. Exactly. It's called culture jamming. And, and Mark, Mark's bumper sticker today, by the way, is a perfect example. It's a picture of Obama on his bumper sticker, and then mm-hmm. it says, War. <laughs> I mean... It's not what yeah. people expect to see. They exactly. expect to see hope or change or something like that. Exactly. So, and I don't know if culture jamming, maybe culture jamming is accurate as far as from um, Clary's perspective, but it's also love on the perspective of Wade Watts, which is an amazing amount of love. And I'll show you this here uh, as the story continues. This, by the way, from uh, BaxterBulletin.com. So they're on this uh, radio talk show, or yeah, Coma Radio, and Watts was, uh, by the way, entering the studio, Watts immediately told Clary he loved him and reached to shake hands. The two were shaking hands before Clary realized that such interaction with a black person was forbidden by KKK rules. I don't know what I expected, said Clary. I was looking for some big black panther type with a big afro giving the black power sign. I remember thinking, how can I get to this person? Outside the radio station, Clary was greeted by a group of supporters from Watts's congregation. Watts, uh, Watts fetched an... I'd inf- like people to pay attention to this. How powerful the ideas of love and respect are. Mm-hmm. You've got, mm-hmm. I mean, here, the most vilified character in America. The Grand Wizard, Wizard of Dragon. the KKK. Now, I'm not saying that this individual is, but I'm, I'm, it's, we're talking about the character here. And He is the Grand, was the Grand Imperial it's Wizard. It's so easy to fling epithets and 
uh, treat somebody like the garbage that you think they are. But listen to how powerful the, the message of love and respect is here. Watts fetched an infant from a woman in the crowd and held up the baby for Clary to see. Clary said, I could see this baby was half black and half white. Clary recalled Watts's words at the time were, how can you fault this baby for being what she is? I wasn't ready for that, said Clary. Then the baby smiled at me. He said he felt affection <laughs> for the infant and wanted to touch her. That was Watts's adopted daughter, Tia. Following the talk show, it was concluded by Clary and his clansmen that Watts had made Clary and the clan look foolish. Clary said that the uh, that he engineered a cross burning near Watts's home. So basically, he went back to his buddies at the KKK and they said, "Oh, you you are in hot water now, buddy. You you done made us look bad on that talk show by shaking hands with that man." Uh, and so he so he wanted to prove himself, right? He wanted to prove to them that I'm still in the clan. I'm still a grandmaster wizard dragon thing. And uh, here's what I'll do. And here's what he did. He engineered a cross burning near Watts's home, then dumped trash and dead animals on Watts's lawn, and made threatening phone calls to the Watts home. Finally, the clan set fire to the building where Watts worshipped with his congregation. Jeez. This man burned down the preacher's church. Wow. Watts greeted every threat with kindness, said Clary. A short time after the broadcast, Clary and a gang of KKK members found Watts and friends having a chicken dinner at a local restaurant and challenged his right to be there. Clary told Watts that whatever he did to the chicken, he was going to do to him. So, Watts picked up the chicken and kissed Kissed it, it. said Clary. (laughs) (laughs) Not only were the people around the incident amused, but his own clan followers laughed out loud. (laughs) Along the way, Clary said he embarked on a career as a professional wrestler with the character named Johnny Angel. At the time, the KKK was blending with neo-Nazi groups and skinheads that the FBI believed was a more serious threat to national security than the old clan. The Fens disclosed that Johnny Angel was in real life a KKK leader, effectively ending his career. All he had left was the clan and a girlfriend, who later turned out to be an FBI undercover agent, mm. who discovered the identities of several secret clan members that were in turn disclosed publicly. Clary said these were a lot of police officers. People were losing their jobs for being in the clan. Meanwhile, the association with radical neo-Nazi groups was making other clan members uncomfortable. The FBI was becoming and, uh, and more, more and more aggressive making weapons cases against clan members. It became apparent to Clary that the FBI would see him in prison if something didn't change. Clary repented for the wrong reason and resigned from the clan. Then those he had recruited turned on their former leader, saying a true clansman wouldn't abandon the organization because of the threat of imprisonment. They called me a stoolie and a coward, and I said, okay, if you go to prison for the Klan, okay, you go to prison for the Klan, said Clary. And for the first time in a long time, Clary was truly alone and without friends or family again. He turned to alcohol and was once prepared to take his own life. Uh, and then he goes on, he, find, he finds God, and and he's actually become, a, I think, a preacher since then. Uh, Clary began attending church and became a serious student of uh, that religion during his first worship days at the Oral Roberts University Maybe Center, he was recognized by members as the clan leader. The church was wary of the new member, but gradually he was accepted as a believer. As Clary's faith increased, he called Watts to ask forgiveness, and Watts invited Clary to witness for his church. The greeting in the building he once tried to burn down was a cool one. He began the sermon attempting to explain himself and his conversion, but the skepticism of his listeners became more obvious. He says that uh, I gave up and just preached Jesus, said Clary, that the, uh, that, and that awakened the amen corner, he said. During the altar call, a teenage mulatto girl answered his invitation. She was the infant girl Watts had held in her arms, or his arms, outside the radio station. Clary recalled that she said, 
I want to know the Jesus you know. Clary said he has since adopted Tia as a goddaughter. And Clary agrees that not everyone will come to reckoning with hatred through a religious experience such as his. Clary urges those people to look at the outcome of separation and fear. He said men hate what they fear. Unity and reconciliation are concepts that people should examine for a secular, if not a religious, response to hate. He said let little children play together and see what happens. They don't hate. Love is a learned response, he says. And uh, anyway, that's just it's an amazing story of uh, love and forgiveness on the part of the, the preacher. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And all the features there are completely free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls and the fun. Frank is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Frank? Ah, hello. How are you doing? Great. What's on your mind Good. tonight? I just wanted to say that uh, your first question of the night, uh, who financed the anarchists? Now, I'm going to make a distinction between those individuals that of high moral character feel they must protest, you know, the G8 events and the different things. Uh, and you have individuals and groups, uh, groups such as the Quakers, uh, uh, people against you know, the Middle Eastern wars, different things. But if you look at the funding, going back to uh, the uh, G8 uh, event in Italy, I think it was either Milan or Genoa, uh, and you look also at Pittsburgh last year, uh, you'll notice that the anarchists, those individuals in the black outfits that were, you know, destroying property in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of them, as you mentioned, rightly so, in Canada, were the police themselves. But the point is, they're financed in a sense by the Department of Homeland Security, uh, George Soros' Open Society Foundation, and many non-governmental organizations. And NGOs have their own form of funding from private corporations, uh, private uh, foundations with a 501c3 status, and also governments uh, federal, state, local governments uh, through their budgets. And uh, when you look at Pittsburgh, the uh, quote-unquote anarchists that were destroying the property in Lawrenceville, causing the clash with the peaceful protesters, were actually 
uh, police officers uh, and federal uh, security officials, either private contractors that were funded by the Department of Homeland Security, and all this stuff has come out. So in a sense, you are right when you said that, you know, these people that traveled the world to these events to do these things, uh, with the exception of the individuals of high moral character that are protesting the New World Order and the foreign policies of their governments, which is a legitimate form of protest, you know, in a democratic society. So do you believe, uh, Frank, that, uh, that uh, you most... Know, that, that's one thing. But the others, it's really part of, you know, the scheme to show that, you know, the uh, power government elites are, you know, in a state of uh, embattled uh, crisis. And at the same time, it allows for big budgets, such as the $1.2 billion yeah. budget for the G20 summit uh, security in budget. Toronto last week. That's an interesting observation. So is it your supposition, Frank, that uh, the majority, the supermajority of these violent so-called anarchists are actually plants uh, that yes, are... Yes, they are. They're shills, they're informers, mm-hmm. they're hired contractors by the government. And the, if you look closely, having known Pittsburgh very well last year, uh, when the police had their police riot on the campus of the University of Pittsburgh uh, that Friday evening, uh, those were not Pittsburgh police officers. It came out later because the Pittsburgh Police Department has several major lawsuits uh, filed by the university and the students of the university and the parents of the students of the universities that were uh, physically harmed by the police riot. And what has been coming out uh, in the press, uh, since not all the information is coming out now with the legal cases pending, but it, it, they were basically hired by the federal government, Homeland Security, to go in there and to show the people, you know, this is... Uh, uh, you know, this is a drill in a sense, and it was also justified by the Department of Homeland Security funding, calling these things uh, drills. And I think there's even FEMA money in that as well. So when you begin to look at that, you see an oppressive regime uh, that we're so the basic idea is to let's tax to fund. So yeah, the idea being that uh, they go in there, they break a few storefront windows, set a dumpster on fire, a police car on fire, or something like that, try to uh, to uh, to make things seem dangerous. That way, they can justify bigger and bigger security budgets. Oh, absolutely. And they, the can scare, and they can scare the peaceful protesters because often after they do the damage, they run back to the groups of peaceful protesters and then the police can beat everyone up and yeah, arrest everyone. Happened. And in a sense, that's one thing. But, but that's all I want to say about that. But I did want to make a comment, not having heard your consciousness debate. At this moment in history, this is my belief, that consciousness, uh, in a sense, like God, cannot be proven nor disproven. Uh, I agree at with this that. moment in time. And if we go back to the writings of Walter Pitts, one of the first cyberneticists, uh, a student of Norbert Wiener at MIT in 1955, he wrote a paper called The Embodiment of Mind. And in it, uh, he spoke about the notion of consciousness. But he realized with his paper that the individual, the literate individual, will not be able to... Uh, uh, make the break between the subjective and the objective, in a sense, because they're both intertwined. And I think if you look at some of the experiments that mathematicians are doing with regard to consciousness and data flows, you'll notice that that's a completely artificial structure that exists within, you know, a virtual reality of mathematics. You've lost me there, Frank. What do you no, mean? No. Uh, but, but the point I'm trying to say is, is at this point in time, uh, I think consciousness 
is experienced, as the phenomenologists would say, it's experienced experientially. It's sort of like with the Supreme Court defined pornography as during the 1970s. You'll know you sort when you of see know it. it when you see it. And right, well, clearly, uh, we, when you experience it, right, and, and we're we're experiencing it at all the time, to- at all times. But you're I right, believe you, that. you can't prove it. I believe it. that, but you, we can't prove it. Right, you can't prove you. you Correct. Can't, you can't even prove that. Uh, Same the, thing with the accusations that uh, the the G20 people are from the Homeland Security. You I can't mean, prove that they can't either. prove it. Well, you no, can't actually, they have proven that because there have been investigative journalists in Europe and in the United States, and primarily at the Independent newspaper in England, in the Manchester Guardian, where they actually have their investigative reporters going through this stuff, and they have proven, yes, that, you know, the funding for these things were from Homeland Security and, uh, you know, different uh, uh, FEMA and different things. So when you look at that, that's very different. There's an empirical one-to-one correspondence between the evidence they've uncovered as investigative journalists. Uh, But consciousness uh, at this moment in history is not at that uh, level, at least that yeah. we can objectively we, perceive it. W- the science has made a lot of interesting observations about the world around us that uh, that, we're per- that we perceive and measure and uh, you know write down and, and and test and things like that. And and they made some darn good observations. But there's no way to really even prove that we're here. I mean, you That's can't. Correct. You can't because uh, because That's correct. it's it's the, it's the wonderful thing about religion and the concept of God. You cannot prove nor disprove the existence of God or a creator, and that says it all. Right. I mean, it's one of the great, it's one of the great points, and anyone that assumes they can is a fool, at least intellectually. Frank, how do you feel the internet is affecting human consciousness? Repeat. How do you feel the internet is affecting and evolving human consciousness? Well, in a sense, it's sort of a neural metaphor, sort of how people believe that the mind is wired. And when you go back to the origins of the internet, the DARPAnet, it was supposed to provide for. Uh, an unbroken communications link in case of nuclear war whereby different communication centers would be destroyed. This net would actually reconfigure itself and what it has done, it's created its own virtuality and that for those that are involved with the net uh, as we speak is very real but the point is it's very different from our from our uh, quote-unquote world defined, you know, by the empiricists that we exist in at this moment. However, we use the internet as basically a tool. The tool, it's created in a sense. It is... uh, It's like a... It it, is a tool. It's something created by man. And I believe it has... It it can function as a metaphor for the embodiment of of knowledge. It's an aggregation. It really is the embodiment of information. Yeah, it really is an aggregation of all of uh, the information that mankind has collected up until this point. uh, And I've heard people say that uh, the internet is essentially as powerful as uh, as one brain, but I don't know if that's true. Thanks for the call, uh, Frank. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. It is like a, a second brain. I mean, if you need to know something, you can go and query it, and it gives you the answers. Mm. Not always the right ones. It's a better brain. Yeah. I can't believe Frank was even able able to answer that question. It was so off the wall. It's a good he question. It wasn't even a uh, at all in there. He just jumped Bang. right yeah. in. You're right. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free. Enjoy those on us. Freetalklive.com, bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts awaits you. Virtually unmoderated, so do beware as you uh, visit. It uh, may not be child-friendly, depending on how you raise your kids. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. You know, I um, I used to take this product for weight loss. It was It's called Caroluma, and I couldn't find a product that I liked on the marketplace that... Uh, um, you know, mimic the one that, that I had previously taken. So what I decided to do was get together with a friend who does, you know, creates uh, vitamin supplements for a living and have him create one for me. And we called it Kara, oh, excuse me, Alumathin Plus. And you can go to LumathinPlus.com and uh, go check it out. I've got all kinds of science there and everything. But the long and the short of it, of it is, is you don't need to go to the gym. You don't need to, to uh, watch what you eat. You just need to take this pill twice a day and it will suppress your appetite and cause you to lose weight. It has worked for me. It'll work for you. LumathinPlus.com. I liked it so much. I bought the company. 800-259-9231. All right, so we continue here. Uh, we will take your, certainly take your calls about anything. We'll go unscreened to the amp lines. Who's this? Hi, my name's Sonny. Hi, Sonny. Where are you calling I'm from? I'm from South Dakota. And what's on your mind? I wanted to ask you, Ian and Mark, um, about something I've gone through, and I know you've gone through. You said that you've changed your views over the years. Isn't that correct? Oh, yeah. Who hasn't? Well, I've gone through the same thing as well, but and now I've pretty much come to to agree with you guys very much on a lot of things. But I wonder if you feel the way I do that, with all the change that we've gone through so far, do you not anticipate that in the future you're going to figure out something new and change again? Oh, of course, change is inevitable. Sure. Let me tell you um, what it was like to to just do the the show. I mean, you know, being on the radio, you you're more cemented in your opinion than you would otherwise be because you have the you have the power of the microphone. You can't be wrong. So um, we thought that we'd come to sort of the end of our trails just by picking up the ideas of liberty and uh, working with them. You know, first just small government, and then um, you know Ian goes on to uh, to this sort of no government stand that he has a voluntary uh, voluntarism and and that kind of thing. But um, you know, within the last couple of years, we've picked up the ideas of peace and and uh, respect for people. It used to be a much more combative show than it is uh, today. And I think that we'll probably grow in in certain directions. I think people grow rather than change, though. Don't you? Wouldn't you agree? Well, growth is change. I, but yeah, but it's it's incremental as opposed to just you know tomorrow I'm not going to be a neo. I don't think I don't think change necessarily connotates something being non incremental or or something being quick or slow. I think the change is inevitable, and I don't ever feel like I reached the end of uh, any kind of road. However, I, I can tell you that there are certain conclusions that one comes to in life that don't you don't go back from. 
And uh, so if the suggestion is that we might change into statists, uh, that <laughs> seems pretty unlikely. No. Right. Well, how about this? Like, um, when I mean change, I'd say, like, you, you guys are very, very well um, cemented into the, the free market in terms of the economy. But what if you were to realize that maybe, maybe there's something that's an alternative that not to say that the free market system would be bad, but what if there was something that was like a degree above that? And if you felt like you needed to change your mind, but then you still feel cemented into your, your old ways, and like an identity that you've created for yourself. Well, I, I would be interested in hearing what, uh, what better organization... I mean, not to say there couldn't be some better organization than freedom, but it certainly seems like the optimal state. Right, and, and the free market essentially um, encompasses so many forms of organization. Even if Ian and I were to change to anarcho-syndicalists or something like that, where we believed that uh, the world should be segregated into to small cities where they concentrate on particular types of activities like growing seven grain breads or something like that, and then uh, they trade with another city whose job it is to uh, to come up with uh, uh, you know uh, special vitamin enriched water or something like that. Um, it would still be something that could exist inside of the free market because the free market doesn't exclude anything. Yeah, it's not really a system anyway. It's just the uh, the lack of coercion in the uh, the marketplace. So allowing anybody to try whatever kind of organizational setups that they wanted to. Uh, I, I happen to prefer where I own things and I don't have a partner. I, I don't like having partners uh, personally. I don't like the idea of a hierarchical structure either. So I don't know what that system is, uh, but uh, that's the one I like for now. But that's not to say that I'm closed-minded to other uh, systems of organization. It's just what, what I have closed off as an option is coercion. Uh, that's, uh, that's something that I've, I have written off, and for, and for good reason, and I can't see myself coming back, uh, coming to that idea ever again. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys, both of you, on your, your social views that you can't coerce people or force people into a certain way. Um, but I've taken a... A little philosophy that I hear you say a lot, Ian, if you want to live free, you have to allow others to live free as well. Yes, I believe that's very and important. That, that really applies to like the social half of things, but I've tried to see this more in an economic way. What about in order to live prosperously, the other people around you must be prosperous as well? Well, I think and that you, I don't think that, that you can prosper, with, I don't think that you can prosper without helping other people. Yeah, for example, like if you were a very wealthy person in America and you try to take your wealth down to a poor country like Haiti, you're not going to be as wealthy even though you've tried to transfer it because the people around you are dirt poor. So if we want to live really prosperously, then it's very much in our personal interest that other people are also prosperous. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's very important. I think society is designing it itself that way. I mean, I you know, I look at I look at people who are at the, the have you have you watched these TED videos? T E D. I think it's TED.org or TED.com. Yeah, I got that on my uh, podcast. I listened to them. Yeah, they're really awesome, right? And they're, it's a room full of people who are so far more wealthy than you and I are ever going to be, likely in our lifetimes. And all those people want are to hear speeches from people that give them uh, amazing, inspiring ways to spend their money so that they can help the world. Not so they can help themselves to a, a, a nicer Learjet, not so they can help themselves to a newer, bigger yacht, but so that they can help the world. And I feel like that is the new wealthy. And um, 
you know, all that we can do is to reward people sort of psychically, I guess, uh, you know, say good things about them and, and uh, you know, bolster the, that, um, that side of things. And that's what we can really do with that, because I think that there's nothing that's going to be more efficient and effective than a man doing what he loves and uh, that he's good at. Rather than giving money to a, a charity necessarily, I'm not saying charities are bad, uh, but or, or giving money to uh, the government certainly that's the most ineffective way to uh, to bring about prosperity in anyone else's life. So, did we answer your question, Sonny? Um, yeah, a couple of questions, and okay. thanks for answering them. Um, there's one little thing I'd like to leave you guys with. Quick, quick. I found that in the market economy, or basically any kind of market economy, or where money is used. How do you get around the problem, which you might call differential advantage, where one group or one you know, person or group of people can acquire such an amount, massive amount of wealth that they can then hire other people to do their dirty work in sense creating a, a government or just from the fact... We can talk about that in detail. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Good question. Uh, what if people start using money to oppress people, etc.? We'll get into that here in a moment. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, uh, it is Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And we will certainly take your phone calls about whatever might happen to be on your mind. In fact, we're going to continue a conversation uh, that we were having with Sonny. And, Sonny, you're back on Free Talk Live. Can you go ahead and re-ask the question you had asked right before the end of that last segment? Sure. Yeah, I, uh, I've come to see that even if you were to be absent of the official course of government, then still you might see arise groups of people who have tremendous wealth, and with the amount of purchasing power, you can always be able to hire other people to coerce others. So I think you guys maybe touched on this before, but but I I call this problem differential advantage. Are you at all familiar with that? I'm not familiar with that term. I know what a differential is, and I know what an advantage is, so I I feel like I can put it all together. I'm familiar with the scenario, kind of the idea that, uh, you know, there's an evil Bill Gates out there, and he uh, is going to hire mercenaries to take over a town or a state or something like that. That's and, kind of the idea. Yeah, and I'd also, before we go any farther on this, um, I'd like to point out that all we've ever seen in the world, is, as far as wealthy people goes, are people that have managed to get to that point by using the government's monopoly privilege mm-hmm. to get there. Through Bill their connections. Gates, yeah, Bill Gates managed to be wealthy by managing, essentially using copyright and patent uh, laws in the United States to be as wealthy as he could because he could because people couldn't compete. Um, Sam, uh, you know, Sam Walton manages to get his stores in different places. So I, um, with using uh, the uh, different... Political structure. Kind of a cynical... Yeah. 
that's kind of a cynical view of things, Mark. I'm I mean, not, I'm, well, all I'm that, saying is is that you can't prove that people that there would be as wealthy that 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 wealth would be congregated into as small a, as few a hands without government doing that for people. And sure. there's also a lot of very famous wealthy investors. I won't name any names here, but. As it turns out, a lot of them get inside information because they're politically connected. And I don't know if you know this, but Congress uh, actually is exempted from insider trading laws. So that's that's one way they get rich. But that's really sort of beside the point. So let's talk about this futuristic, fantastic uh, scenario where uh, there is no government and there is no coercive monopoly and there is no military to to stop uh, the evil Bill Gates from, uh, from taking over. So to answer the question, uh, it's not really financially feasible to do what you're talking about doing. I mean, even with a very wealthy uh, person who goes mad and decides he wants to kill people or take over some territory or something like that, it becomes a fairly difficult proposition because as wealthy as that person is, they don't have the ability to print money from thin air like the federal Mm -hmm. government does. And 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 then what is money in a free market system? Money can be anything. Sure, that's true. Um, I hmm? I don't think that it would be as bad. I definitely think a free market system is def- much preferable to what we have now, the coercive system. But it still seems that as long as a person or a group of people are able to create a certain amount of of uh, advantage or power or wealth as compared to another group of people, that they will have the position to dominate in one way or another. You'll always have there's there's going to be crime for the, the foreseeable future, and that's what this will be, and people will deal with it in that like way. They, this person won't have the cloak of legitimacy that the United States government has. Because right. we already know what happens when rich, powerful individuals manage to surround themselves with violent people that will do whatever it is that they say, because we've got that now. So we know what that looks like. Um, however... Currently, the, those people are draped in the flag, and if you do something, then um, you know, then everybody's petrified right. because there's the, this monopoly that they can't escape from. However, what you're dealing with is people that have been free. What you're talking about is people who have been free from this all of their lives, or a good portion of their lives, or enough of their lives to realize what society could be like without a violent monopoly, and they. Therefore, I don't have that same, uh, you know, petrification, and they're not stopped from standing up and saying no. Right. The uh, Bill Gates uh, sending troops into a small town to take it over with uh, right. by the force. The United States government had a hell of a time with Iraq, and, and you're not even talking about uh, a, a reasonable percentage of the population standing up and saying no. So Mark is right. He, Bill Gates won't have the same le- legitimacy factor that uh, that the government people do. That that people won't just bow down for him. He's going to be seen for what he is. And that is a mad tyrant attempting to take over an area by force. Bill Gates uh, would be up against the uh, the private defense agencies, by the way, that would right. be hired the state to take those folks. Armed individuals, too. And the individuals. State Department estimates that there's 2,000, uh, less, fewer than 2,000 Taliban, but let's double that number, say 4,000 Taliban in Afghanistan, and the army can't do anything about it. The world's most powerful um, military, military that the force. world has ever seen can't do anything. Now you could about say it. that the private uh, mil- private mercenaries are going to be far more efficient and be better than the military. Yeah, but You'd in the marketplace, right. then um, then you're dealing with people that don't wish to be oppressed any longer. But likely. you're also but you're also when you're dealing with a mercenary, you're not going to be paying him nineteen thousand dollars a year. You're going to be paying that mercenary quite a bit of money because he's going to be going up against some serious competition because he'd be going up against the private defense agencies and as Wayne said, the individuals. Plus, who he's going to cost themselves. a lot more to train because he didn't go through the 
the army in the first place because the army well, isn't there. A mercenary is already a mer- you know he's got his own training, but uh, but you're gonna you're gonna hire a, you're going to pay a lot of money to hire the mercenary, especially after they start getting knocked off. Yeah, uh, because they're gonna go into the area on the orders and they're, they're gonna and take the job. They're gonna go in and they're gonna find out that uh, this is not an easy. Yeah, walk they're gonna the get park. their clocks clean because you know the aggressor is always at the disadvantage in every war. Mm-hmm. The people defending their own homes and properties and families are always more much more fierce fighters than the people who are aggressing and attacking from the outside. And also in this in this situation where everything is privatized and free, if there are thugs, which there's going to be, it's going to be much more decentralized sure. and localized. It's not going to be centralized where everybody suffers. Also, the one other thing that you want to bring into the, to play here is that the the wealthy person you're talking about had to acquire that wealth through some means, and the uh, odds are good they acquired it by doing people a service or providing a product, and that means that they satisfied customers. And so it seems right. so, so crazy. It's, it's, it's turning on a dime, right. really. It, right. It seems from- so crazy that somebody would spend their lives. Uh, satisfying their clients and, and giving them a great product or great service, and then all of a sudden going off the deep end, going mad and taking their money and, and hiring people. Right, no, to those kill people. people would be politicians, right? And <laughs> there's no place for politicians. Right. So, does that address the your uh, that, issue? Um, the thoughts that I was having were less about the use of aggression or, or you know, actual violence, but rather the consequence of the social stratification that you know will always rise from, from a a culture where people are, are always competing to have the have the most, and even though people may win, sort of to speak, the game and do so legitimately by, by pleasing their clients, as you say, it seems inevitable still that that this kind of uh, this kind of way will will always create an amount of poor, it'll create a lot of crime, I mean, other problems other than the direct use of violence. I don't really understand what you're saying there. Can you rephrase that? I mean that. That when you're working in an economy where people are competing over a limited amount of resources, then eventually some group or what class is limited is going to arise. Sorry. What? Uh, what? Give me an example of what you consider limited. Um, well, even if you just mean like the money supply or or any any kind of resource that that is valuable or necessary for people. But wealth if, increases. If, uh, but in in a free uh, in a free economy, wealth increases. There's not a there's not a finite amount of wealth in the world. So. Yeah, we're not talking about people who are stealing to eat here. We're talking about people who you know have uh, likely in a in a in a free culture, you're going to find most people have little difficulty providing uh, you know reason what we would consider reasonable uh, uh, you know providing for themselves and their family. So um, I think that you know you're this sort of the rich. And the poor and this class conflict, I, I think that to some extent it will be removed. I agree with a lot that. Of it, a lot of it will. And don't forget, you don't in a free society, you don't have to be excessively wealthy to have a good life. Mm-hmm. And Part of what I don't like about wealthy people is the fact that they're treated differently by the legal system. I, I don't like that the exactly. government panders to them, gives yes. them what they want, and that I have to pay for it. I don't like that I, um, AIG gets bailed out on all these rich uh, bankers get bailed out on my back. That's what creates right. it's, class conflict. Yeah, it's the government it's stealing from middle class people and giving it to rich ones. It, well, and poor people. Uh, it's the government uh, that actually creates these classes and, and, and creates it and pushes them further apart. There's Social engineering. Yeah, there's more coming up. Thanks for the call. It's Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. If you dial in, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where you can enjoy all the features for free. But if you want to help support the show, because those features, you know, they still cost us money. Uh, If you want to help voluntarily support the show, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you're looking for, they probably sell it. They've got dozens of categories. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done. It's Amazon. You know them, the world's largest internet superstore. (laughs) You go there, you shop, you get stuff. You can even buy used items at Amazon and save a few extra bucks. Plus, of course, if you buy brand new, in many cases, you'll get free super saver shipping. So start your shopping experience at amazon.freetalklive.com. However, Amazon doesn't have everything. Although it may seem like it, one of the things that they don't really carry are industrial products. Now, MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. Memory Dealers includes uh, S- they have their inventory includes SFPs, GBIX, XFPs, ZenPacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP. At up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery, visit MemoryDealers.com. Which, by the way, MemoryDealers.com is the prime sponsor of the Free Talk Live webcam at cam.freetalklive.com. Yep, thanks to them for that. Indeed, big thanks to Memory Dealers, one of the one of the uh, the key sponsors uh, of this program. They're incredible. Yeah, you know, it's the it's the sponsors that uh, that believe the message that, mm-hmm. that are uh, the foundation of Free Talk Live. Yeah, advertisers come, advertisers go. Right, this isn't a business to business radio show. It's a general interest show, but right, get some great folks on board. Yeah, that's the same with Seiko and and Memory Dealers. Absolutely, we got to get them together. I hear the Memory Dealers guy is coming to Porkfest next year, so we got to oh, get awesome. uh, we got to get Jason Osborne from Seiko together and uh, the Memory Dealers guy. Together. I'm sure they'll get along. All right, so uh, 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Oh, we had a couple of calls, actually, during the break, and they, uh, for whatever reason, couldn't hold, uh, talking about, I guess, some of the activists up here in from New Hampshire have been arrested today. I don't know the details on what has transpired, but I know that some of the activists from Keene, for some reason, were down in Massachusetts today and are currently behind bars. So I don't know what that's about. I, I don't have any information. I haven't heard the Porcupine 411s. By the way, for those that don't know, up here in New Hampshire, we've got a, a nice system that allows an activist to make a phone call and record uh, whatever's going on. Then when they hang up the phone, the message that was recorded is blasted out to an email list of probably hundreds of recipients. I don't know how many people are receiving them, but I know it's a lot. And that's a great way to get information out quickly. If something's going down, you can call that number. You can say, hey, it's Ian. I'm over here at X Street and Y Street, and uh, this is happening, and I need people to come here as soon as possible. Click, hang up the phone. That blasts out. Then you call back, and you can record the scene. So then you can say something to the cop like, hey, you're being recorded. 
uh, live on the live over the internet. Uh, that way they'll know that they can't confiscate the recording. If they take your phone, that's fine. It's the damage is done at uh, at that point. It's already out of their hands. They can't delete that recording. It's it's done. And so the Pork 411 system is a great system, which, by the way, it's available to anybody. Porcupine411.com is where you can go to learn more about it. If you've got a local activist group, like we were talking with, uh, with a gentleman from from Austin, Texas, last night, and we've heard a lot of good things about what's going on down there. Phoenix, also a good activist group down there. If you've got a good group of activists and uh, you could use a tool like that, uh, Michael Hampton, the guy that created it, will make it available to you for what I understand to be a very affordable rate. So Porcupine411.com, you can uh, go learn more, get signed up over there. Perhaps we will learn more about what has transpired. I know it's Rich Paul is one of them. Uh, Rich Paul, known as the uh, the infamous Cannabis 420 civil disobedient here, uh, one of the most noteworthy, I suppose, of the uh, the 420 celebrants. He has been arrested. Uh, Capuzzo, another one of the activists from the Keene area, also arrested, and I think at least one other person uh, currently behind bars in Massachusetts. This is the reason why I try to avoid leaving New Hampshire. Uh, because you, as you mentioned during the break, Mark, it's it's enemy territory down there. It's- That's how I see it. I mean, I, I yeah, I I don't want to look at things. I don't want my mind shaped that way that that there are enemies or something like that. But I just, you know, I feel more safe in New Hampshire than I feel out of it. When I decide that I'm going to say drive along I-91 to get to Lancaster or wherever. I don't like driving in Vermont. It mm-hmm. just it makes me uncomfortable. I know that <laughs> I, I know our cops around here use uh, regular radar guns. I know their cops use lidar. Um, really, yeah, m- more difficult to uh, to detect. I know that uh, they're they're more likely to give tickets there. Their their municipalities and state government is more in debt and in bigger mm-hmm. trouble. So yep, yeah, and more rapacious. Things are just a little bit better already here in New Hampshire. Of course, we'll continue to get better as more people move here as part of the Free State yeah, try, Project. Try. If you don't think it's true, um, I can go out in Keene and film any police officer I'd like. Go ahead in your town and see whether or not you can film. And the try cops. that down in Massachusetts. Oh, be Let's sure to, how it works. Be sure to wear a uh, one of those uh, teeth guards like the boxers wear. Let's go. Uh, try to kick them out of your mouth. Eddie is with us in Virginia. Eddie, you're on Free Talk Live uh, with some perhaps some detail on this. What's going on? Yeah, it's uh, Rich Paul and Mark Capuzzo mm-hmm. and another friend in Massachusetts. Uh, it's drug. They're they're charged with uh, uh, it's a drug charge and it's a felony gun charge. Oh boy! And the bail looks like it's uh, the bail looks like it's two uh, two hundred and fifty bucks each. Um, a felony gun two, charge and they've got a two hundred fifty dollar bail. Twenty five hundred. No, it's twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Okay. And uh, I wanted to give out the phone number to Shelburne Falls uh, where they're being held here. Sure. I got this. I got this message from Pete uh, from Cop Block. Oh great! Uh, Cop Okay. Right. So the phone number is 413-625-6311. So if anybody can be a point person out there and help them out, um, it'd be great. I guess they were coming back from the Pork Fest. And, uh, and, that doesn't, uh, that's and not possible. The Pork Fest was in northern New Hampshire, so there's no way they were coming back from, uh, from Pork Fest. But I thought Shelburne Falls was in Vermont. I mean, are we sure this is a mass? I don't know. You know how there's the uh, well, same. I'm going off of I'm going off of this message from Pete. Yep. I, so pres- I just got it on Facebook, so that's why I just wanted to blast it out there to everyone. Uh, if anybody can help. Yeah, I'll give out that number one more time here for those that uh, might want to jot it down. Thank you, Eddie, for the uh, the information. Shelburne Falls is in Massachusetts. Shelburne Falls, Massachusetts. Of course, a lot of the towns in the New England have the same names across the across the states. I mean, there's uh, Manchester, Massachusetts. There's a Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, there, there's probably a Manchester and Vermont and Maine too. I don't know, but odds are good. 
Anyway, so if you want to give a call to the Shelburne police office and inquire about uh, the activists and uh, as to their well-being and encourage them to let them go, 413-625-6311 was that number that uh, that Eddie gave out, and that's courtesy of the good folks over at copblock.org, which is one of my favorite websites. So as we learn more, we will bring you the details here. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, but yeah... Traveling with a gun in Massachusetts, probably not a good idea. Of course, if you live in New Hampshire, as we do, then you kind of take it for granted. It's not a real big deal to have guns here, although there is some sort of a ludicrous rule up here that says that you have to have a concealed weapons permit to have a gun in a car. I don't know what all the parameters are it's around like that. cars or clothing, basically, it's is the stupid. assumption. So there's some there's some real dumb uh, gun laws here in New Hampshire, but and they need to go away. Well, and, there's dumb laws... Um, dumb gun laws everywhere however there are fewer of them in new hampshire right and actually it, fewer in vermont than, but if than you're, new hampshire it's true if you're used to carrying a gun around everywhere you go if you're one of those folks that, living here in new hampshire it might not be hard to just accidentally go down to massachusetts without thinking and realize that oh, it isn't it isn't going to make the time any easier <laughs> i forgot to uh, to take the gun off before i went to massachusetts however we have seen uh, a huge effect by uh, activists making telephone calls uh, to mm-hmm. these police departments they don't even know what to do about this this doesn't happen anywhere um and it's it it, it completely throws them off uh the their, their their normal game they, their expectation is you know maybe one personal call tops about somebody and they just give them a hard time and uh, they get off the phone they they transfer them a couple of times put them on hold whatever but when they start getting 50 phone calls it it, it floors these people i have a friend of a friend who was originally from Rhode Island and moved up to Maine, was building a house, and he was transporting his firearm in his trunk, unloaded, and he got pulled over by the cops, and the cops actually searched his trunk, and he's been going back and forth with with the courts in Massachusetts now for seven years on this alleged uh, gun charge. And is my, I understand it, what the, uh, uh, the, the law is, is that it doesn't matter. The gun laws uh, apply where you came from and where you're going to, but not the states in between. So if you're, you know, just obviously can't transport it on your hip, but if you're just transporting a weapon, then the gun laws of wherever you're going through don't don't count coming up we're going to give you a story out of uh, nebraska a town in nebraska has decided to make an ordinance that is a real scary thing it is in regards to immigration but it's going to affect everybody of course as many of these immigration laws will they will inconvenience people and it will create a police state and we will tell you about this it's you're going to need a permit to rent a house that's just part of what they're going to require here in uh, in Fremont, Nebraska. Mm. You'll need to ask mommy government's permission to put a roof over your head. 1-800-259-9231. We'll give you the details here and uh, as to uh, how, how well it passed, by the way, because it did pass. We'll tell you about it more coming up. Hour 3, Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Still much to discuss. Your calls, if you make them about whatever you want. Uh, To start things out here this hour, there's a very disturbing story out of Fremont. Fremont, I think. Fremont. Let's let's call it Fremont. Fremont, and it's not so free, by the way. Uh, Nebraska. Fremont from the Fremont Tribune. If Fremont voters approve the immigration ordinance on Monday, it could potentially change the way. And by the way, this is article's a little old. This happened. The vote happened. Fifty-seven percent is uh, how wide the margin was. They uh, they this this ordinance that I'm about to tell you about was approved by the voters. Uh, by uh, 50%, 57% of the voters. Oh, hold on. You said, so the margin is only, you know, whatever, 43 to 57. Yeah, is, yeah. Is, okay. So uh, it could potentially change 14. the way it does. It will change the way businesses and landlords operate. And what remains unclear, though, is exactly how those changes would be enforced. The ordinance would require all employers within city limits to use the federal e-verify system when hiring new employees. Businesses such as Hormel Foods Incorporated and Fre- Fremont Beef are not located inside city limits and would not be affected by the ordinance. However, both already use E-Verify. Now, we've told you about this E-Verify program uh, in the past, and it is an incredibly scary hallmark of the police state that is being built around us uh, with the excuse of stopping them illegal immigrants. Well, what they're going to do is they've got this program in place. It's a so-called voluntary program, unless you're in Fremont, Nebraska. Uh, for companies to check their potential employees against a federal database. Uh, So if you were to go to Hormel Foods and look for a job, they would take your information, run it into the federal government through some sort of system. I don't know if it's – presumably it's online, but for all we know, it's calling Your electronic papers. Yeah, who knows? It may you have to actually call a bureaucrat and and run run it over the phone. I don't know how it works. I guess they call it E-Verify, so it certainly sounds uh, online-based. Anyway, they send that information up to the feds, and then within a certain amount of time, they supposedly turn it back around and say, yes, this person can work in the United States, or no, they can't work. And the federal government people would like to expand this program out beyond voluntary. They would like to make it so that all corporations in the United States will have to check and verify the so-called citizenship of the people that are applying for jobs. And is this... uh is this going to be anything like the no-fly list, where it's impossible to get your name off of it? or Probably. So, in other words, let's say that I go to apply for a job, and I need a job, and the, the system says, no, he can't, he's, not, he's illegal. You're well, screwed. You're screwed. Yeah, how do I get a job now? You'll have to not. work in the underground. You'll have to do something you know, outside of the, the system, so to right. speak. I guess the suggestion here is, is that the, uh, the government is an efficient organization that isn't going to make mistakes. And oh, if, boy, have they. And if they make mistakes, um, then, well, it's, it's the price we pay for freedom. And I guess that you... <laughs> as long as you're not the mistake, right? Right, as long as you're not the one whose name gets mistakenly put. Because the no-fly list is a great example. Wayne um, or, and the uh, the terrorist watch list and and all these lists where people's names can end up. I mean, are you telling me you don't think that somebody could uh, you know fake a social security number, mess it up, or you know whatever? I, yeah. I I have no idea that you have no idea the depths that the government can go to screw things up. And, and, then, and for- then on top of that, it could not even be a mistake. It could be that that they start using these these uh, employment lists uh, for political purposes. Sure, absolutely. Which, which happens. It was very common in oppressive regimes. 
So it's just another control point uh, for the American people to be oppressed by the, the government. Yeah. And The American people should not be worried about illegal immigrants as much as they should be worried about whether or not their children will be able to escape to China because this police state is going down. It is, uh, you know, it's, it's making it harder and harder for businesses to do business, and that's what destroys an economy. Right, and it wouldn't matter if E-Verify were perfect. And, and it is going to go to flag-waving and trumpet-blowing. These people in Fremont mm, voted sure. this in. Yes. Americans want wanting, this. They want to be they oppressed. They think they want it. They think they want well, it. And that's the problem. Yeah, Is they don't it, realize. What are you gonna, how are you going to get rid of it once it's voted in? Right. Well, you know, what's so pathetic about all this is that, you know, the, the good, well-meaning Americans are being used just like the, the so-called illegal immigrants are being used. Mm-hmm. They're being used to basically beat each other's throats, create chaos and conflict. Right. Well, if they're the enemy, then uh, the government isn't. Right. And when exactly. It's the, the real uh, threat. They're the real threat to freedom. They're the real threat to your, your wealth uh, potential and it's just awful that this is happening. Uh, and by the way, if E-Verify, this government program, were 100% accurate, I'd still be against it. Oh, it, same here. It's the principle of the uh, the idea that you should be able to go and get a job from somebody without having to have some government agent well, oversee not, it. It's not, you're right, it's not whether I go and get a job, it's whether I'm able to, uh, you know, give a job as much. There's because that the, too. the job is, is the, is to me, it's the employer's job. Obviously, somebody has to agree to do it, but I'm the one offering the money. Mm-hmm. And why is it that I have to go, uh, you know, to some officious government bureaucrat and say, please, will you verify the person that I'm trying to hire here? It's none of their business. It's none of the business of the people yeah. in the town that I live in. I want the best person for that job, and I don't care what the government says. Anyway, there's more to this story, though. Uh, so not only will this new regulation or ordinance in Fremont, uh, Nebraska, require all businesses within the city limits to check employees with the E-Verify program, in addition, uh, businesses that apply to, uh, apply for any business license or permit in Fremont or that are awarded a contract to work for the city would be required to submit an affidavit that the business does not knowingly employ any person who is an unauthorized alien and must also provide documentation showing that the business participates in the E-Verify program. Uh, businesses that violate the ordinance would be tried at a public hearing by the city council, could be subject to civic action by the city attorney, and trade-specific permits could be revoked. And this is one of the reasons why I think it's so important for people to stop asking for permission to do business. If you don't ask for permission in the first place, then they don't have the permit that they can pull from you. Well, well if you're doing business with the government, I mean, you've already asked permit. I mean, that's essentially... No, but I mean anybody with permits. I think that having a permit is a big mistake on a business owner's part because it gives them something to hold over your head. People need to get past the idea that they need permission from some officious group of bureaucrats in order to even operate a business. Or get married, for that matter. And that, too. Many local businesses uh, already used to They should to make it illegal to get married to an illegal alien in Fremont, Nebraska. <laughs> but the madness doesn't end there. Landlords and renters are also being affected by the ordinance this will require anyone over the age of 18 to get an occupancy license when they move. Well, uh, also, let's talk about uh, landlords real quick here. Um, the In order for a landlord to use this E-Verify system, is that what's going to no, happen? No, no, no. The landlord doesn't okay. use E-Verify. Those are businesses that use E-Verify. E-Verify is a, is a business system where business owners submit their potential employees. Land, land, landlords are business people. But they're not hiring somebody. You, you, you're, that's what E-Verify is for. There's two separate things going on here, Mark. There's the E-Verify for businesses, and then for landlords, there's a occupancy permit 
So the potential how renter... They, how are they going to verify whether somebody's a citizen or not with, for this occupancy permit? It's a fine question. Uh, it'll require anyone over the age of 18 to get the occupancy license when they move. Current residents of rental properties would not need to get a license unless they change addresses. You know what this, you know what this sounds like, Ian? This sounds like a scheme to get more revenue under the guise of illegal immigration. So they bundle, they bundle them together because all these cities and towns and states are so desperate for money, they're trying to tax everything that moves now. Well, there is a, f- a fee involved, as you Of course, course there is. Uh, if, someone, if someone in the rental property turns 18 while living there, he or she would also be required to obtain a license. To obtain a license, a person simply must submit a completed application and pay a $5 fee to the Fremont Police Department. Licenses will be issued to every person who presents a completed application. I'm sure the police department's only open uh, for taking these applications between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. on Monday through Friday. Likely, yes. If you're lucky. So that means if you're, you know, have a regular job, you're going to have to take off work in order to get uh, in in order to get this five dollar license. I tell you what, uh, if you live somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, Fremont, buy rental properties just outside the city limit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, licenses will be issued allegedly to everyone who presents the completed application. If an applicant indicates they have an alien status, the police would submit information into a federal database to verify that status. Landlords would be required to notify renters of the occupancy license requirement and retain a copy of each renter's occupancy license. And what happens if they don't is uh, the next question. 800 259 that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Not sound like a too friendly of a place to live, and certainly not a free place. Fremont, Nebraska, there's more coming up here. We'll take your calls about what you want. 800-259-9231. A lawsuit is expected over this, by the way. I'm sure. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, as we like to say. Tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. We've got our webcam there with uh, the chat room built into the very same page, so you can watch, listen, and interact all at the same time at chat.freetalk, excuse me, cam.freetalklive.com. If you go to chat.freetalklive.com, you won't see the cam. It's just a full-page chat. But uh, if you want the cam and the chat at the same time, go to cam.freetalklive.com. The cam, by the way, brought to you by memorydealers.com. And HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name and any other kind of dot .anything. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at hostgator.com host you. Use coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. It's HostGator.com, code FTL. So we're talking about a very disturbing story that has come out of Fremont, uh, Nebraska, where the town people have voted, who voted, voted uh, in 57% in favor 
of a new ordinance that makes it mandatory that all businesses in the city limits run through any potential employee past a federal database called E-Verify to so-called verify their alleged citizenship. And in addition to that, as if that weren't intrusive enough and police statish enough, they also are demanding that everyone who rents a home over the age of 18 uh, be verified as well by via some sort of application process with the police department. Now, it seems to be an honor system kind of thing in that uh, the department is supposedly giving a renter's permit to everybody that applies. Uh, but on the other hand, so basically they're going to say, are you on the on the application? It will it will ask you if you are an alien or a citizen. And so presumably they're well, expecting people to be honest about they could very easily – I'm sure there's some kind of government someplace or another where they can check these things, right? Yeah, that, that may be the case, and maybe they will uh, check all the people who look Hispanic because, you know, that they're going to target people who have a certain look more so than your average white uh, Fremonter. It's an assumption, but uh, it doesn't seem like an, a terribly unreasonable one. No, because this is really all based – This is the, the, the fear over immigrants is based out of the South America. It's based out of Mexico and South America, and people that have a brown tint to their skin – are going to be uh, targeted more so than anyone else. Even though people come from all over the world uh, to come here, that those those people are going to take the brunt of this. However, this will be an inconvenience for everybody, and uh, especially the landlords, who, according to the uh, the story here, the Fremont Tribune, uh, landlords will have to uh, they'll have to notify renters of the occupancy license requirement and retain a copy of each renter's occupancy license. And I'm not sure as to what exactly the punishments are for those who decide they don't want to go along with this particular plan. Can't be good. I imagine it, it involves stealing their homes, though, because that usually is what the government relies on to uh, local Fines uh, placed on liens on the home. You get a lien and you don't pay that lien out, then uh, they'll take your home from you. It can happen. Applicants who claim American citizenship, they claim, will not be subject to verification. What is unclear, which uh, I find it hard to believe, what is unclear is how places such as, and this is an interesting question, assisted living facilities in nursing homes would be affected by the ordinance. Can you imagine that uh, somebody wants to check grandma into uh, a nursing home and, you know, she doesn't have all her papers in order and so therefore... How about uh, the ER and the hospital? I mean, aren't you moving there when you move in? Uh, Sorry, we can't take you until you get a uh, renter's permit. But this is the kind of stupid stuff people do when they're in fear. Mm-hmm. And that and that's what we have to rise above here. Look at all the issues we talk about. And so many of them involve fear by one party or another. Oh, sure. and, and they do something dumb. So the government feeds on us fear. It, yes, they love, they love to create fear and chaos to get people to submit to them. So according to the... Uh, let's see, who is this? Kristen Harris, administrator of Nye Court and Nye Square. These... She says, I think that it definitely impacts our residents potentially on all of our Nye Senior Services campuses in Fremont, as well as the administration, to try and manage the process. Harris said the people waiting to be admitted to nursing facilities like Nye Point and Nye Legacy would need to have an occupancy license. That becomes difficult, Harris said, was many of these people are admitted late at night or on the weekend. Harris said every effort currently is made to accommodate people as soon as possible, often on short notice saying that if we, if we would have to obtain occupancy licenses for all of them, it would affect our ability to do that in a timely manner according to our customer service standards. Right. Well, the hell with those old people. Just kick them on out in the street. If they don't got their permits, if they don't got their uh, darn identification, their government real ID, then that's where they belong. They, they belong in the streets. You know, and the, the the claim is that libertarians uh, do, would do this. Libertarians would kick people out with their mm-hmm. with their economic system of uh, of freedom. Uh, old people out on the streets. Well, in fact, here you have it, folks. 
It's the government. It's the mm-hmm. it's democracy. It is fifty seven percent to forty three. I assume percent of the people decided that old people should uh, you know should be subject to these stupid rules, or or they 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 designed such a stupid system that uh, they failed to think about it. And you know what? A lot of the people that I've seen who who take and don't take care of their grandma are the ones who are just kind of worshiping the funny money system. You know, the dollar, the almighty dollar, and and their uh, their their money junkies. And, and therefore, they don't take care of grandma because they don't have time because they're working for all their stuff. So back in the old days, people did take care of grandma until she passed away in their own home. And a lot of people are not willing to do that anymore because they're too busy taking care of their lifestyle. Now, Harris also pointed out that people at the Nye Senior Service campuses often moved to different rooms or from independent living to assisted living based on their needs at the time. And she says that even though it's within the same campus, they're going to have to apply for a whole new occupancy license. Attorney Chris Kobach, principal author of the ordinance, says he believes police enforcement of the rental portion of the ordinance could be done by one person with no more than a half hour of time invested. But the police chief has estimated it will take three officers to enforce the ordinance at an annual cost of approximately $160,000. The department would... I mean, if if they're actually... Right. It's going to be a half an hour, what, a week? Um, a day? What, what was he saying? Just no more than a half an hour. One person, no explained. more than a half an hour. You know, that, maybe that's to fill it out, but to enforce this. These are law enforcement officers, mm-hmm. not paper takers. They, they, if, if, they, if that's what you want them to do is enforce this stupid rule of theirs, then they have to enforce it. Well, right. And, and really, it opens up the question. Again, we've already pointed out how just frightening this is from a privacy standpoint, from a police state, uh, show us your paper standpoint. And hopefully this won't be spreading anytime soon, but we know that governments, if this, got, if this su- survives a lawsuit, then a lot of places will likely duplicate it. So it's scary enough from all those perspectives, but what about the enforcement of this? This is where the, uh, the author, or the, uh, the article here from the Fremont Tribune doesn't really get into detail. That probably is, isn't any detail. Right, well, and that's they right. Just, they just voted on it recently, and they don't, they don't have any idea what the enforcement's going to no, look so like. No, so what's going to happen when somebody starts calling the, you know, these, the little snitches out there, as right. the government likes to... I had to, I had to pay my $5 and take my day off work to go get their permit. You know, you've got to do it too. <laughs> slave and, on slave. And you look brown. Well, right, and, and so, so, you know, you've got these 57 Seven percent of the voters voted for this, so there's plenty of people out there that are just clamoring and they're chomping at the bit uh, to be identified and, and show their papers so they could be a good little citizen and feel good about nationalism and all that. What happens when you start getting the snitch busybodies down the street? Notice, uh, you know, a new uh, a family of, of Hispanics moving in down the street. They call, pick up the phone, call the anonymous tip line. There's someone moving in down the street, and I think they're Hispanic. Uh, you need to send an officer over there to verify that they've got their uh, their permit. And so how how often will that happen where you're at home, somebody knocks on the door. Yes, uh, Fremont uh, Law Enforcement, we're here to check your uh, occupancy permits. But they're not saying here that that's going to happen. They're just saying you need this, you need that. But there is going to be enforcement of this. And what what form will that enforcement take? How violent will it be? How many families will be torn apart? This is so tragic, you can tell it's going to be awful. More coming up. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high-fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday.
Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including, by the way, our shrine of female listeners. The ladies who have sent us their validated photo and video are shown there to show they are indeed listeners of this program. You can be a Shriner if you're a lady listener. Go get all the details. See the Shrine at Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. That is Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. And if you're looking to get gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, or barter currency, we uh, we at Free Talk Live have teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. By hand-picked, I mean... I picked them. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation, Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, Walking Liberty Halves. And uh, so all you have to do is go to gold.freetalklive.com to go take a look. I believe that on some of these uh, some of these pieces, it's the best price you're going to get on the Internet. Certainly, you could, uh, you could hunt through eBay or something and get uh, a better rate, perhaps uh, one, in, you know, one in 100 chance or something like that. But uh, if your time is valuable to you, gold.freetalklive.com will probably be the uh, best way to get these things. All right. The toll-free number here again, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So the Fremont news is pretty scary with this new ordinance being passed that will require all business owners to run potential employees through a federal check because it's going to be an indicator of what's to come for the whole country. This is something that they want to impose everywhere. In addition, Fremont also will be requiring all landlords to check uh, to have their renters get an occupancy permit. And it's so amazing to me that uh, the American people, uh, at least the American people in Fremont, Nebraska, would be so eager to just throw away the idea of privacy, to, to just chuck to the wind uh, the idea of you know the uh, being able to just do business with somebody, to just to just rent to somebody without having to ask government permission first. How many places in the United States, so-called United States, is there anything resembling an occupancy permit for a renter of a home? Now, I understand there are already occupancy permits for businesses, and I think that's a problem. And I think, again, what, when you look at government, you see it building it's on an occupational its- license at that point for a business. Oh, I don't know. I've, I've heard of occupancy permits existing for businesses, Mark. Okay. My bad. I'm pretty sure that, that that exists. If you want to rent this area, this commercial space, you have to have an occupancy permit uh, in order uh, in order to do it. That's different from licensing the business as a you know florist or or something like that. I'm just telling you that um, it's it's not about licensing to do licensing to do business in a specific geo geopolitical municipality. It, uh, as I understand, it, is called an occupants uh, oc- occupational license. Okay. Uh, yeah, that that would be an occupational license. I'm talking about an occupancy permit okay. where the business would be ex- uh, would be occupying a physical location. Wayne, uh, have you heard of these things before? Are you familiar with this? Yeah, Nazi Germany. <laughs> well, exactly, and these things come uh, with a cost, and that is that people get used to it. When a regulation comes down like an occupancy permit, well, you 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 want to run a business in our town? We've got to make sure you're okay. You've got to you got to come through here. You got to come through us. You know we're the we're the town uh, fathers. We're the elected people. You need to come through here and you need to ask us permission if you want to run a business. That, that's just how things are done here in Fremont and around the country because these business licenses and occupancy permits and things like that are not uncommon. Uh, and it's the problem is that the American people and people around the world have allowed stuff like this to happen. 
They've uh, looked the other way as business owners have been raked over the coals, have been uh, just screwed every which way possible with taxes and regulations and ordinances and things like that. And now it's coming down on the renters. Now you're going in Fremont, Nebraska, you're going to need a rental permit, an occupancy permit for a house. It's so crazy. 1-800-259-9231 is the number. When I lived in Hawaii, I had to get a license for my bicycle. Really? Yeah, I had to get a bicycle registration. Or else what? There's a a registration here in Keene, actually, for bicycles. Or or, is it mandatory? I believe it is. I I think it might be on the books, but it's unenforced. Yeah, I I believe back then they'd, they'd confiscate your bike if you didn't have their little $20 sticker on it. I still have it, actually. Oh, you could rob a bank on that bike, I mean, for goodness sake. So the bike or the sticker? I still have a sticker on on my bike. I Uh, kept it on there for posterity. So 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI. This does go to show show exactly the lengths that they have to go in order to enforce these silly um, sort of illegal alien laws that they've got. This is what they've got to do. They've got to make everybody in America get an uh, occupancy license or whatever so they can live in their house. Yeah, it's, it's money crazy. though. It 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 is money. It's money and it's obedience and it's a it's a it's a position for control. You know, the the time that I've heard this term occupancy permit, um, it took me a little while to uh, come up with it, Ian, because you and I were just uh, disagreeing about it. Mm-hmm. I had to have an occupancy permit to move into my house. Um, if a really? house is written is is built new, mm-hmm. the inspector comes through and then decides that the house is habitable oh, and then gives you a permit. That's right. I had to get one of those in Florida. Now I would like to point out I did not get one, and for whatever reason they haven't uh, they haven't done anything about it. But um, you know I'm sure my house would be considered habitable by them, and if they do want to come through and uh, you know or they're going to take my property from me, I probably would let them do it. I just didn't bother. So it's an occupancy permit for a new home. Maybe it, it all. I guess it all just depends. I mean, looking at, uh, quickly at occupancy permit online reveals uh, cityofboston.gov. An occupation of a public way in Boston requires a street occupancy permit. So there can be different types of occupancy permits. Apparently, authorizing the permit holder to restrict access to that portion of the street for the length of time specified on the permit. Examples of that work requiring op- occupancy uh, permits include moving, construction, utility maintenance, or relocation, and dumpster location. So there's one other example of what could be an occupancy permit. You're certainly welcome to uh, to call and share your stories of uh, ludicrous government uh, control. But again, it all really comes back to the obedience of, uh, of yeah, the American Yeah, what are you people. willing to take? What are you yep. willing to take? Yep, and I don't want any of it. I don't want to have to ask permission to do my business. I don't want to have to ask uh, government permission to live in a in a home. I don't want to have to pay them money for their services that I'm not interested in. Yeah, and I think the first step is just to 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 not go and do it. I mean, you know, wait wait for them to come to you um, is probably the first thing yeah. uh, that the one can do. So tomorrow uh, is the due date for the taxes here in Keene, New Hampshire. The property taxes here in Keene, we get hit with uh, bills twice a year. Same in my town now. And uh, they want a bunch of money from me to pay for their awful government services that uh, I'm really, most of them, not interested in. 60% of which uh, of the amount is going to the government schools, the government indoctrination camps, which I'm very not interested in uh, in paying for. And the last couple of times I've gone and kind of made a, a big deal out of paying the uh, the property taxes and I went in there, and I first time I had all ones. So I had like $3,000, almost $3,000 in ones that I'd stamped with Free Talk Live on the front, freekeen.com on the back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I turned those in, and I made a speech as they were counting them. It was a big hassle uh, for them to count the ones. Then they got a money counting machine in. The next time I was there, six months later, 
uh, when they, they sent were me ready the, for you. Yep, they were prepared. They'd gotten a money counting machine in, and so I'd, I'd actually I'd only brought in fives that time because uh, stamping all those ones was a lot of damn work. Took a lot of time. Took a lot of time. So I, I brought in stamped fives, and they just put them right into the money machine. It didn't take uh, near as long. I gave another speech at that time as well. All of this is vid- has been videoed and put up at freekeen.com. And so you know, I was trying to think, well, what am I going to do now? I, I, you know, This whole bringing in ones thing is getting kind of old. I don't have a whole lot of time to, to stamp the ones this week. So what am I going to do now? Well, my proposal is to bring in a surrender agreement. and uh, Because I'm surrendering, right? I mean, I'm, I'm paying up because I, I'm scared. Uh, you know, I, I don't want them to come and steal my home from me. And so I'm scared. I'm paying them. Please don't steal my home yet. Uh, I'm, I'm too scared. I'm going to pay you. And as you know, we've uh, formed the Shire Society officially over the weekend uh, at the New Hampshire uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival. Video of that is up at lclreport.com. And so folks uh, gathered around. They signed the Shire Society Declaration. Our signatures are on the line and so um, the Shire Society exists as much as any other band, uh, you know, fiction exists. It's just a concept in the minds of people. And so I've got my Shire Society uh, document here, the Surrender Agreement. And basically, I will be presenting this tomorrow as I give them, I offer a check. Does it have a seal? For the, it has a seal. seal. Yep, it's got yeah, a seal. Yeah, you a seal. Uh, so, so I'll have a check for the full amount of the property taxes. And this, basically, it's a release form. I'll uh, share what it says here in a moment. You're welcome to bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. As the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. And by the way, if you enjoyed this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board. Had a new station in uh, Louisiana tell me they were interested in picking up the show. I'm not going to say who or where because I don't have an agreement from them yet, but I got a verbal agreement, which is usually a good indicator. But the town is the same as one in Indiana. Stop with that crap, Mark. I, I, you're the, you confused me earlier today and you didn't answer the question, so, you know. Anyway, so don't jinx, don't jinx it. I'm not jinx. What jinx? If you, you can't mention it in advance, what kind of world do you live in? So uh, yeah, so free talk. I didn't lives. jinx anything. I d- I gave a hint, just like you free gave talk a hint, lives. Right? I didn't give a hint. I it's said Louisiana. Louisiana. There's a lot of radio stations in Louisiana, and there's there's probably more than one town that have you know matches. I don't know. You know, Indiana. Maybe people are going to really research this. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, the Free Talk Live AMP program allows you to get behind the show financially and help us get on more stations, get the message of freedom out to more people. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and you will have the opportunity to get on board for as little as three bucks a month with any major credit card, PayPal, some alternative options as well. And you get perks to sweeten the deal like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only uh, forum, and the AMP-only podcast, as well as other things. Go and take a look at amp.freetalklive.com. So I'm going in tomorrow, going to have to pay the property tax extraction under the threat of violence. However, I just get so much so much more fed up over time as as things just continue on, as the government people continue to aggress 
against peaceful people. It makes it just so so difficult. It's it is so difficult to pay to pay these taxes, and it's not that I object to all of the services that the government people offer. I like having roads. You know, I like uh, having stoplights that work. That sure. kind of thing. I, I mean, wish that uh, I wish we could find out. What it would be like if the the marketplace could provide those things Me with too. some competition or something like that. But currently, if you're using their roads and their stoplights and their you know have the fire department waiting at your beck and call, and uh, you know perhaps have the police uh, handle some kind of uh, situation where you've been threatened or something like that, or your property's been stolen, then you know it's it's worth paying for those. Right. I, I don't mind paying for services that I use. But I also I'm, I'm looking at my property tax bill and I get mine just like uh, you got yours, and I'm looking at a, a bill that's for more than more than sixty percent for a school mm-hmm. that I'm never going to use. I do not intend to send my kid to that government indoctrination yeah, center, even Mark, though it's a better one than most of them. But you benefit from society benefits, and you benefit from those kids being educated, so you should pay for it. So in other words, they're going to hound me about global warming for the rest of my life. Well, somebody has to teach the kids, and so society needs to... Are uh, you suggesting that people wouldn't get taught in a world where I wasn't forced to pay for it? Well, no, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that well, this is the system that we have, and so you need to pay for it. Well, wasn't uh, one could make that argument for all kinds of tyrannical, terrible governments that have come in the past. Mm-hmm. That's the best argument you can make? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the one he's heard many times. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, no, uh-huh is not a responsive <laughs> answer to this. What I'm telling you is that mm-hmm. if your system is indeed for people that are poor that can't pay for it, then make it for a system for people that are poor. But for people that uh, are middle-class mm-hmm. people that drive better well, cars than I do, mm-hmm. that live in bigger houses, to mm-hmm. send their kids to a school that takes money from out of you know education from my child. You see, I've got a kid, yeah. and I'd like to educate mm-hmm. him, and I don't want to send him mm-hmm. to that school, but I've got to pay to send somebody else's kid mm-hmm. who drives a nicer car and lives in a bigger house. What yeah. do you think about that? Well, it's the system we live in mark and right. that's, i understand uh, it's a bad it. one yeah. mm-hmm. respond to mm-hmm. that it stinks you, you, okay okay i understand and i i realize there are problems i'm, I'm playing the role of the but local then, senator, but then we'd have but, anar- yeah, but then we have Kelly. anarchy this is what the local <laughs> senator she always does this mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whenever you talk whenever you're talking you to never get a chance to talk to her because she'll hang up the phone on you yeah. and all kinds of other things but she, uh, it's well, sometimes she's on the local radio show. Yeah, but uh, she, hangs, she, has, she signals them to hang uh, up on uh, you then. Uh, 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 you think? Molly? Yeah, this is a local. Uh, uh, lo- I don't want to name, name, name yeah. names. but uh, lo- first If she name. didn't act like that, then she wouldn't get named. A local senator. Uh, so, so, okay, let me roll, get back into her role here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is the system that we live in. I understand that there are some things that could be improved, and so that's why I'd <laughs> recommend that you run for school board and work from the inside to but change But school board it. doesn't change that. You see, the, the, mm-hmm. mandator- the fact that the school is mandatory and a monopoly mm-hmm. is actually de- decided by the Supreme yeah. Court. I'd yeah. have to dedicate my lifetime to becoming a judge, and then maybe I'd get appointed by the state in order uh, to be one vote. No, no, no. Yeah. And one vote amongst all the rest of the Supreme Court mm-hmm. members in order to get this one tiny change uh, change made, which is, in fact, theft performed mm-hmm. by a monopoly gang. Mm-hmm. I mean, why aren't you doing something mm-hmm. about because that, Because it Molly? took me a long time to become a state senator. I did very I hard. Care. I care about education. Oh, any and- moron could have got elected in 2006 as a Democrat, okay? Any, any retarded kid. And it's proof. There's proof. It's a retarded true. guy did get elected in one state as a Democrat <laughs> really? in 2006. And now we we'll have Republican re- re- retarded people uh, getting elected in yeah. this next one. So I am going to have to go down and pay the extraction. However, I don't want to do it uh, just to do it. I just don't want to make it e- as easy as most people do. And so I've come up with a little form 
And I haven't finalized this, so I'm, I'm open to ideas as to how to correct it. Uh, there's discussion uh, on it over at ShireSociety.com. But uh, at the top, it's got the Shire Society with the Shire uh, seal and my address over in the, uh, the top right. And then below that, Surrender Agreement is what I've called it. And it basically says – it's very short. I don't want it to be lengthy because I want it to be something they could, they could sign – uh, it's, well, here's one of the con- concerns that I have is, yeah. um, you know, maybe there's another term for surrender because a surrender sounds like something that's sort of absolute. I surrender, I'm done. Whereas uh, what you're con- doing I'm is surrendering you're surrendering a, a certain amount of money. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's maybe you could call it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, you're trying to fi- find the opposite of confiscation or so- something. But I, you know, I don't. I'm know. open to ideas. Uh, it says I accept uh, check number blah 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 from um, my legal name in in full payment or my former legal legal name in full payment of the uh, 2010 preliminary property tax bill with a due date of July 1st, 2010. I acknowledge that this payment is being surrendered under threat, duress, and coercion. From the people calling themselves the city of Keene and or the state of New Hampshire, this transaction is not based in consent. Then I've got a line for the date, a line for their authorized signature, a line for their printed name, and the final line, my position in the city of Keene or state of New Hampshire. Well, um, if if you're open for suggestions, um, the suggestion that it's not based in consent is going to be is going to be a slipping point for them because what they say is you consented to this when you moved to Keene, New Hampshire, and you bought a house. However, what you could say is um, if I choose not to, uh, you know that that this uh, th- this is based in coercion, and if and if I do not surrender this check, you will steal my house. So you can uh, you know you might be able to change it in that manner. You know. Okay, so you you I was actually considering putting the theft of the house in here, and I. I, I, I shied back from it because I didn't want to get I didn't want it to be too long, too lengthy, and get too uh, too explicit. But you're right; that mm. is what they'll do. Of course, then they'll ex- they'll object to the uh, the word "steal." They they won't like that uh, that confiscate. Term. Uh, oh. Confiscate sounds too legal. Like it's actually yeah. been done uh, legally. Yeah. yeah. Are you saying you won't steal my house? Well, right. That's kind of what this is going to come down to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm going to go ahead. I, I might just go ahead and put that in there because eventually. Tomorrow, when I go and do this, they're going to not sign it, right? Are you going to videotape this? Oh, absolutely. So I'll and, and I'll I think they're going to gonna be scared that they're going to be somehow legally liable if they sign a piece of paper that says that they're stealing. Then you know, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's ask them to stamp it with some official stamp or something. You know, some, they've got something in there they can stamp it with. Well, I, I want a signature on on this. But you might be able to you, you might be able to use this form to negotiate a new form with um with uh, you know somebody who has some kind of power because there are people there in, in the city government that actually listen to your crazy ramblings. So you might be able to uh, you know, negotiate a form with them that that somehow comes to an agreement for both of them. Mm. Well, we'll see about. They're that. not going to sign a piece of paper that says they're stealing. I can tell you that. I mean, that that would make them liable. Yeah, but that's why that's why I was a little concerned with that. But it is being surrendered under threat, duress, and coercion. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that's true, and that, and that's more more simplified. It's more clean. Try to keep it simple. I was thinking about taking the last line. I was thinking about removing the. This transaction is not based in consent. It seems unnecessary because the first line says threat, duress, and coercion. So it's it's pretty clear that uh, look, I, you are acknowledging that I'm not giving this to you voluntarily. That's pretty much all mm-hmm. that this uh, the purpose is here. So what do you think? You think they'll sign it? Um, I 
I don't see why they would. They haven't signed. They don't sign it for other people. Why they're, they're going to say, "Look, you're no different than all the rest of the slaves. We don't sign yeah. any pieces of paper for the right. other slaves. Get out of here." Hey, I tried you can pay to pay twelve percent. We'll take your house. I tried. I tried. We'd love to pay you to you. leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? So I, I, I don't see them uh, any of theirs, especially their functionary level yeah. bureaucrats. Saying, well, I would talk to the the, uh, the head of the office. Yeah. The head of the tax. The head of the office hates you and isn't going to sign any piece of paper. Why would they hate me? I, I've never done anything. He's a nice guy. Yes, you have. As far as they're concerned, yeah, bring some pizza, pizza with you too. I brought pumpkin pie last uh, last year. Yeah, they hate you because you uh, you know you throw a monkey wrench in their system. <laughs> Who likes that? Who, you know? Oh man! All right. Well, you know, hopefully they won't steal my house uh, when they uh, don't accept my money, but they might, and then I'll have to relocate the studio somewhere. That would be awful. But it would certainly make for some good video footage. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, it's been Ian with you and Wayne and Mark. See you tomorrow at freetalklive.com. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE.